Have you ever been told at some point in your life that you are not good enough, smart enough, strong enough, rich enough, or any reason really? This podcast is meant to teach, motivate, and inspire you to never lose sight of what your true passion is and to always believe you are far more capable than you think. Welcome to the Why Not Me podcast with your host, David Florence. Each week, we'll bring you a special guest that will truly motivate, inspire, and encourage you to never lose sight of who you are, what it is you're meant to do, and to offer valuable advice on what steps you can take to help you believe in yourself, achieve your dreams, and ultimately lead you to discover your purpose, passion, and drive. My dad taught me, and so did my mom, but more of my dad was sport, was to be goal-oriented. And we would write out goals, and we would look at them, and we would have them in the mirror, and we would talk about them. And we would also talk a lot about our mental mindset. And my dad would have me read books, and I would read military books. And that's where the military kind of slowly integrated without us even knowing about it. And we would study and we'd watch Navy SEALs. At the times, the BUDS videos were released, and it's like that documentary, and it was so exciting. And we would be like, okay, how is people's mental mindsets? And how can I like grow me, grow myself mentally while growing myself physically, while doing all this stuff academically? What are my goals and how is that going to be done? Now, I won't say like, I know some people do this this day, like, oh, you know, if you get straight A's, you get a $20 bill. Well, no, it it became like, that's expected of you. Like you will do this. Welcome back to the Why Not Me podcast. Today, uh, we have a guest that no doubt will inspire, motivate, and most likely have you wanting to enlist as a Marine yourself operating under her command when the podcast is over. I can pretty much almost guarantee that. I want to welcome First Lieutenant Riley T. Jack of the U.S. Marine Corps. Uh, Riley is a former Division I softball player at George Washington University, the 2022 U.S. Marine Female Athlete of the Year, a member of Team USA's bobsled developmental team and a bronze medal award winner, future aspirations of becoming a 2026 U.S. Olympian. Um, Welcome to the show, Riley. Thanks so much for having me, David. Did I get any of that wrong? (laughs) Um, Actually, which is not a bad thing, um, I was on the development team, and then this past year I was actually named to the United States national team. So I competed. um, I was still a development athlete because it was only my third season in bobsled, but I was actually named to the national team, which was super awesome. So you're not necessarily wrong, but just adding on to it, um, that was like a huge accomplishment for me. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's a good thing to be wrong about, by the way. So yes, <laughs> awesome. Congrats on that. Thank you. So let's let's jump right into it. So the big reason um, I wanted to start this podcast and I got involved with it really just um, telling stories of um, successful uh, entrepreneurs, people who've overcome a lot in you know in their journey along the way, ranging from uh, trying to get anyone from high school, hot college, professional age, just telling stories of everyone to hopefully motivate and inspire others who may be struggling now or you know thinking they're not good enough to do something or been told that enough you start to believe those things so excited to have you on to tell your story your journey and hopefully let's inspire some others and um maybe get some new marines out of this when we're done (laughs) i if that happens i wouldn't be mad we're gonna try we're gonna try so let's jump right into it let's start with just a little bit about who is riley t jack and and a little bit about your story and let's let you take the floor Yes. Well, I, I like to say, you know, in order for people to understand who I am, you have to understand whose I am. And that's something that I want to just start with right away is that based off of my faith, being a Christian woman, 
I am who I am because of what everything that the Lord has given me. And that is a foundation that I want to be built upon that I want people to see. Um, yes, I'm an athlete. Yes, I'm in the Marine Corps. Yes, I have all these other titles, but the most important thing to me is my faith and where I stand with that. So in order to understand who I am and my story and to see it, you'll see God's hand just in, in everything. So in addition to that, um, I was, like you said, a former division one college softball player. Um, in addition, I am a active duty Lieutenant first Lieutenant in the Marine Corps. I actually just hit four years of service this month, which is awesome. And signed another contract. Thank you. Um, I also am a daughter to two awesome parents, uh, sister to my younger sister, Delaney. And I just love to compete and I strive for competition and to be athletic and to do things. And I was also on a game show and, you know, I just keep trying to add stuff to, to, to the resume, but above all, you know, I, I want, I want to be seen as a Christian athlete that wants to glorify God and everything that she does. And that's, and that's kind of a good place to start with who shaped that foundation for us. And one of the reasons I really was intrigued with your story was uh, one of the podcasts I heard you on and just how impressed with you and all that you accomplished. And as a dad, and I'm sure dads who were listening, plenty of flooded of emails and DMs with, you know, what drove you. And so having a daughter who's going to be 15 in a few months, you know, I learned, listened to that podcast. I was like, wow, I've got to get in touch with her, get her on here and help tell her story. And so who is that person for you? Uh, and I, you, you talk about your dad a lot and had to be an awesome guy and sure is, and, and still is to this day for you, but, and your mom as well. But were those the two that really obviously set the foundation for your faith? and just really who you are today and who you continue to be? I think that question is complex and multi-layered. I mean, I have the most amazing parents. My dad, as you heard on the other podcast, he was a professional baseball player. He was my coach my whole life. So we just naturally had a very different relationship because he wore a lot of different hats to me. He was my coach, my trainer, my dad, my best friend, my support system. He knows more about me than I knew about myself at times because we were together all the time. My parents are married, they're together, they're everything. It's just, I tell people like I was like raised with my father just at the softball field every single day, literally every day. Um, but then you look at my mom and my mom is someone that is like absolutely my best friend to this day. My mom is somebody that at first I didn't realize it growing up because she was working all the time and we would go into after school care and she would travel to Europe once a once a month and not always necessarily like what I felt like be around like the other moms were. But then I look at my mom and she's been with the same company since she's graduated from grad school in 30 years. She just got promoted to vice president at one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world. And I am so proud of my mom. And then I look at it and I'm like, I am actually not only strong because of what my dad taught me in sports, but I'm strong because I had a female role model that showed me what it was like to have to work hard, to have a strong work ethic, to be kind and compassionate, but also be a leader, right. to prioritize a family, but never give up your career to be able to support for that family. And right. so when I look at my parents, like I, I, I feel more blessed than anyone in the whole entire world. I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, my child was perfect. My parents never made a mistake, you know, but I look at them and I'm like, 
I hope I can be half the parents that y'all were. And I think the way that they raised me is a hundred percent why I am who I am today. Now, if you talk about my, my, my faith walk and stuff, there was a lot of different people that got interjected into my life at different times to direct me and guide me into my faith. And so there, yes, my parents were a part of that, but there are a lot of other people in that story to include two softball teammates at George Washington, um, mm-hmm. Ashley and Carly. Those two ladies were very, very instrumental in, in moving my faith. And then throughout, you know, this whole time, people at, at Grace North County, the church I go to now, people in DC at Fellowship of Christian Athletes, you know, mm-hmm. all of these people also continue to shape and mold me. So I look at the different seasons of my life and the people that God interjected with, and there's so many positive people that have influenced me and led me. But I would say that that rock of my foundation absolutely is my parents. And I just, I just adore them so much. <laughs> I want to I just go back one quick second and have you repeat that about how they you know, they weren't perfect and they made mistakes. So if, if, and when my daughter, hopefully she does listen to this and she will, <laughs> she understands <laughs> too. So, uh, but it's nice to hear that so that she knows, Hey, we're not perfect either. So we make mistakes and Brendan else listen out there. Um, be nice to your parents and be grateful, <laughs> be grateful to them. So let's stay there on faith really quick, because ironically enough, I did a quick little lecture to my daughter's school, and it was to the Fellowship Christian Athletes um, group at their school. I mean, I was just overwhelmingly impressed with like just how much of an impact that organization has at her school and the schools just around in general. Because as I said to her class, I didn't have that. I mean, it was it's been around for a while, but we didn't have that at my school. And if we, if we did, you didn't really talk about your faith all that much and you kind of suppressed it. And it was, it's a shame to the point where it's almost like you were embarrassed by it. You know, like if you talked about it back then you were, you know, no one would want to go near you or, you know, if you were seen as different and that's unfortunate when today it really is what helps a lot of people get through a lot of times when they don't have that parent or support system to lean on is their faith. And that was my message to them is to lean in on your faith, have that support group, have that person that can help you, but always lean on your faith. So how did you, how did you incorporate that? Did you run across anything as you grew up with, you know, friends or teammates or colleagues that, you know, made you feel that way? Like you had to suppress that at all, or do you just kind of just put that best foot forward and you just fought through it all? I think the younger I was, so I, I was raised Catholic and right now I'd say I'm non-denominational. I'm a Christian. I believe in the Bible. I go to non-denominational church, but I was raised Catholic and it was almost like the thing, like there was that pocket of people that you know of that you would attend church. You would go to the Sunday school, like, you know who they were. Um, and so I don't really think it was, it was ever suppressed, but I didn't, I wasn't active in my faith. I, I, I showed up because I was supposed to. And I never understood it. I never really felt a connection when I was sitting at, at mass. I just kind of sat there and I was like, when will it be over? Right. And I, I didn't love that, but I knew when I went that I felt something and I didn't know what that was. And so I remember in high school, actually, there, there was a couple of times where I was just really challenged with life obstacles. And there was twice because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm 16, 17 have a car, I can drive. So I just drove off and I actually went to the adoration chapel and it was silent. And I just sat there and I just 
prayed and I just gathered my thoughts, which is something that I actually, I don't think a lot of people know at all is like, Oh, like where's, where's Riley. I think the last place people would think of like when you go through a hard time is, Oh, she's at a chapel. But I was, because I felt something there. I felt like I needed something bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I I can't process these thoughts and emotions and I need an outlet. I need somewhere to just feel and to gather my thoughts. And so that was somewhere, but I think I went to college my freshman and sophomore year, not really about my faith. I was like, yeah, I believe in God. I was, I was raised Catholic. I know the importance of going, you know, of Easter and of Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. and why those dates matter, but it wasn't until I felt like I wasn't enough. And what I mean by that, I was, and I mean this the most humbly way, I was so successful my mm-hmm. freshman and sophomore year in college. And I thought on paper, and if you looked at me, I had everything I wanted. I was starting as a freshman. I had a 4.0 GPA. I worked in Congress for like an internship for a congressman. I worked two jobs. I had awesome friends. I had awesome family. I had the f- social life. I I mean, I looked happy and I, w- I thought I was happy, but I always was like, it's not enough. It's not enough. There's, there's still this void. I need more. And I thought that's because, oh, I'm just super competitive and I never settle, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm always striving for the next thing, which is, which is true, but I never felt that in myself. And I'm like, what am I missing? And I couldn't figure it out. So I began searching and searching, looking in all the wrong places. And it wasn't until those two teammates were vocal about their faith. And I knew that there was something different about them. I'm like, why do you seem happy all the time? Why does your life seem like it's so much better? And I was really resistant at first. They're like, Mm -hmm. come to church with me, you know? And I'm like, dude, I've already done the church thing. I don't know. They're like, well, it's not that. And so anyways, I just gave in and I went Right. and it just like started clicking and I just started feeling renewed from the inside out. And I wish that I could sit here telling people, Hey, you know, this is exactly what happened for me. And this is exactly what's going to happen for you. And that is, could not be more inaccurate. Right. You know, I'd like to say like, I didn't seek after God, God sought after me. And right. even with me being broken, even with me sitting, even with me, like leaving the, the Catholic church and like rejecting him, he still sought me out through the people he surrounded me with. And so it was that moment where I finally just had to like give in and I had to right. like surrender to him. And I was just like, you know what, Lord, be the Lord of my life and let me see what happens. Wow. Because, because if not, like, what did I have to lose at that point? I'm like, I'm searching. I can't find it. Yeah. I have all of these things. This, this isn't enough. And right. so since that moment, I look back after like the end of my sophomore year of college, work with fellowship of Christian athletes. And I look where I am now and I'm like, Lord, like, I am so glad you intervened in my life when you did, because I don't know how I would have gone through any of this stuff without you. I wouldn't be where I am without you or who I am. That does not mean that I don't have trials. Does not mean I don't have tribulations. That does not mean that I still to this day, sometimes haven't tried to run and turn and run away from God because I've been upset with him or I don't understand situations. But if anyone's listening on this, like just, and you haven't, and you're hesitant about it, you think things about it, like try it there, give God a chance, give him your ear and actually invest in it. And I think you'll be so surprised what you see because every relationship with Christ is so different. My relationship, David is way different than your relationship is different than someone else's. And our testimonies are all different, but praise God that we are different. And that's what makes us so unique. Right. Right. And you're, I mean, your message and your, and your point right there is exactly similar to what I delivered to 
my daughter's class. And ironically enough, I also was raised Catholic. And and I sat there, I remember, and I and I told the class, and I told the story to my daughter and to my son as well that you know, everyone's faith is different. Everyone's religion is different and we all respect that. Right. But I think the word faith and how it relates to us each individually is unique, like you said. And my, my message to them is growing up a Catholic wasn't bad. It's just, I was not connecting with the sermons or the message until I was 18. And my uncle invited me to his church in Connecticut, Bethel Baptist church. And the message was different. I felt a connection immediately for me personally, and I was introduced to a youth group um, with other teenagers who were, you know, in that same similar um, walk or path that I was on. But, you know, it's the the intervention of when and where we're placed at that time. Just trust your trust your instincts and follow your follow the path that's meant for you. And to this day, like I've gone to several different churches and I enjoy the message. But I think how we identify that the word faith and how it relates to our our own beliefs, uh, you'll, you'll find that you just keep, keep searching. If, it, if it's not right, and it doesn't feel right, then keep, keep searching until you find that church or faith that really just relates and speaks to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so thanks for that. So let's talk about your personal development and growth and just some, some points that help you develop as a person from, you know, from your days of as a high school athlete into college and jumping into, you know, interning in Washington. And and how did you know, like, how did you, how did you know that was like, that was your path and you were developing kind of towards that uh, to this day? That's a really good question. How did I know? I think I knew because it challenged me and everything that I saw was going to be a challenge. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, oh, I'm this fearless person and that I'm just, I just do things and I don't feel fear or hesitancy, but I knew that every decision that I made was challenging me and was going to make me a better person. And none of it was going to be easy. And what I mean by that is, you know, I grew up in Indiana. I've traveled, but I didn't really leave Indiana. It's a comfortable place, but I wanted to go to school like far from home. And Mm -hmm. so I I saw that George Washington was not only in DC, which is, you know, a flight away or a 10 hour drive, but it's also a very prestigious school right under Ivy League. And I knew that that would challenge me academically. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I looked at. I saw that when the Marine Corps presented itself to me, that there are about 8% of officers are females. And it's the hardest branch physically and what it determined, like what it what the Marine Corps asks of you. And I knew that that was going to challenge me. And I knew that I wanted to do that. You know, I look at Bob's and I'm like, wow, this is kind of scary. Like you're going 80 plus miles an hour down an Uh ice track. And I've, you know, you watch the crashes, you see it, but I'm like, but that's going to challenge me. And every single time I do stuff, I want to be challenged. I want to be pushed. And even if I don't succeed, or even if that's not the path, I feel like I would have learned something about myself. And so that's why I continuously look for those opportunities and seek them. And that does not mean that every time it works out, but I knew that I'm like, no, this is, this is aligned with my core values, you know, of who I want to be this. These are things that I feel like can challenge me. And these are places where I feel like I can be, I can go and be called to and like spread, spread the good news to people through how I live my life. And so in all of those different things, I've seen that there. And so I've been able to blossom and grow and develop in that where I'm and grow where I'm planted. 
And, and along that process, I know you mentioned earlier some like your parents and your teammates. Any specific moment in that process or person who played even more of a special role in your development or your growth? Or was it a combination of those individuals like from when you when you're talking about initially your influences? But when I think of development, I think of growth. For me specifically, I can think of, yeah, my dad was always behind us. But like, I mean, I've picked up a little bit from many people along the way, but one specifically was my high school track coach, just old, older guy, probably in his seventies at the time. Um, I went to a trade high school, so we didn't have an athletic field. We had barely had a baseball field and a soccer field. We didn't have a track. He made us run in work boots. So it made me think of military, you know, like run up and down hills and right off the highway. And people are seeing us and they're like, who is this crazy man running these high school kids in athletic tank tops, shorts and work boots. And just <laughs> that visual alone will make you probably scared <laughs> or laugh or both. But it was unconventional. But he was that one individual um, that always would say to me specifically, yes, you're fast. There's always somebody out there trying to outwork you to always work and always give your hundred percent, no matter where you are, when you are, what you're doing. So was there any of that, someone, that one person like that for you or, or was it multiple? I'm, I'm smiling because when you initially asked that question, and I think it, it could depend on the day of who I think and where my head goes. And even before you started talking, I immediately thought of actually my high school softball coach mm-hmm. and very it's very ironic because I don't think that I always realize the impact that certain people have on your life till later, or you don't realize until like there's a certain event that happened in your life. That was like, wow, that person was always there for me. And my high school softball coach, her name was Emily good. And or her name is, she's like, I don't, um, and she, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that and if she's listening, I love you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that she's the best softball coach in the whole entire world, right? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that like, oh, you know, I, as an athlete, you know, excelled only because of her. No, what she did for me is something that I don't think she even understands. I, in high school, especially as women, we are so vulnerable. There's so many things that goes on in, in young females' lives. And in order to have that support system, you can't always go to your parents. And so, no, I did not go to my parents um, when I was in high school and I was like a young girl that was looking for advice and stuff. And I had some really hard things that happened in high school. I had some really hard decisions that had to be made. Um, I, I I had life and adversity and, you know, all the things in high school, maybe looking back on it wasn't the biggest deal, but at the time felt massive. And I look back to my high school coach who I remember countless number of times was a safe place for me where I could go and I could call her and she would meet me or I would meet her before school, after school. And I could just sit down and I could just like cry and be emotional and be angry. And she checked in on me, not just as an athlete, as a person. Mm -hmm. And she saw me as somebody that had a lot of potential in the sport, but she saw me as a as a woman, as a person, as someone I was trying to develop. And when you're going through stuff and you don't know who to trust. And in high school, you know, your friends change every three weeks and you hate your parents because 
you do. And, mm-hmm. you know, my younger sister steals my clothes, so I don't want to talk to her. Having mm-hmm. someone that's there, that's an athletic coach that understands your drive and what you want to do, but also can speak to you as a person was so, so influential. And I could say there's a hard time where I didn't know what to do. You know, there's a, my house caught on fire from um, a lightning strike and I was just like a mess. And I just like went to her and I just like was holding it together for everyone else and just like lost it. I was like, I just need to talk about this right now. Like this just happened. Like this is a big deal. And she just sat there with me and heard me. And then even after, and to this day, you know, I graduated high school in 2015, almost, you know, 10 years. And her and I still talk. She will still message me. She still supports me. She's still a cheerleader of mine. She's still involved in my life. You know, if I come home to Indiana, sometimes she'll be like, Hey, let, let me meet up with you. Let me support you. And just having that and that relationship as a young woman to someone else is the, yeah, like I said, I can't tell you two things that maybe she taught me in softball because I played softball my whole life. Not that she wasn't a great coach. We did amazing things. Right. But I can specifically tell you, and obviously I'm not going to get into it, but very personal details of things that she got me through, that she talked me through, that she taught me, that she mentored me. But above all, she was a safe place for me. Mm-hmm. And I think young women need that today because we sometimes feel like we don't we don't know who to trust or we don't know how to who to go to. And it can't always be your parents. And right. it can't always be your high school friends. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's always somebody. And part of it that, you know, when I just have going back in time as you're talking and, you know, my dad was, you know, always there for us, but working, like working so many jobs. I'm one of seven siblings. And there's times, like you said, you can't go to your parents and ask things. And we weren't, you know, back then, your parents didn't really talk to you uh, about, you know, those issues that you struggle with you know today it's a lot of mental challenges for the kids that are going to high school today and college i see it every day with people in and out of our gyms and our facilities just struggling and you know he was he was that guy for us and his name any of my teammate former teammates may be listening michael Manuel, they know what i'm talking about when we he passed away a few years back but going back to his funeral you saw the amount of lives he touched over the years and i'm talking massive like you know, like, I hope one day that that's me, that you touch that many lives. And that's, that's what we, that's what this is about is how much impact um, and positivity that you can leave on somebody, even by this podcast or you coming on touching one person, it's made a difference, you know, like, so having that individual in your life and, and, and people think they don't have them seek them out. They're there. Trust me. They're there. And I, I see it and just, you know, I can count on, you know, both hands and, and, and see how many people in your life and my life personally that came in and made that one, one thing that I still use to this day. And he was one of the biggest ones for me. So I can relate to you 100%. And anyone listening is to find it out, especially you're a female in high school or a young male and you're struggling. I mean, you're an athlete and you're not involved with one of these organizations, fellowship, Christian, or just in general, seek out that coach or okay. seek out them because they can relate if you're an athlete, especially struggling. So yeah, thanks for that. That's, that's fantastic. I also want to jump over to like your goal setting. Cause obviously you're so driven, like, and you've been driven your, I mean, it sounds like since you were <laughs> able to walk probably. And then, uh, so did your, did your, did your family, did you start setting your goals? You know, for, Hey, I want to be, I, you always practice. You said I'm a softball player at heart and I'll always be, but 
the other parts of your lives? Are you, are you a goal setter? Are you a journaler? Do you have a specific routine, uh, non-starters, non-negotiables, you yeah. know, since the day that you can remember to this day? Because some of those habits stick with us, right? And, you know, like for me, everyone thinks I'm crazy. I got my supplements and my non-negotiable is I got to get my workout in. I got to get my greens in. So, and I, and that's going back to like, as far as I can remember, like maybe 12, 13, 14 years old when my uncles are, you know, eating their cheeseburgers and French fries and things like that. And I'm eating salads and like, you know, so what about you? Like, what are those, some of those things for you? So goal setting, I, I want to, I thought of a memory when you were saying that. So when I was in elementary school, every Friday you would have a spelling test and Monday to Thursday, my parents, we would sit down and we had a regiment routine. Monday was learning the words. Tuesday was like learning them faster. Wednesday and Thursday were practice tests. And we would have practice tests after dinner because our goal was constantly to get 100% on our spelling tests. And without realizing it, knowing a pattern, knowing a routine, knowing what's coming and, and having a thoughtful plan of how to do that, I think set us up for a lot of structure. So something even that small, I can, I can recall. But I actually, and I, my, my dad's listening to this, he will think this is the funniest thing in the world. I loved at the time track and field and running. I never did track and field, but mm-hmm. in elementary school, we had um, track and field day once a year at the end of the year. And I won every single race, mm-hmm. every single hundred, 200, you name it. I always walked away with it. And I told my dad, I'm going to be an Olympic sprinter. I <laughs> never ran. I was always fast. I'm going to play softball, you know, like whatever. And right. then I, it quickly, my dream quickly and my goal quickly became to be a collegiate softball player. And I remember being, growing up in Indiana was at a disadvantage. All the best softball players were in Florida, California, and Texas, warm weather. You could play all year round in Arizona. And so that's where my dad grew up. And so I just wanted to be like my dad and I just wanted to like make him proud. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And I can't even tell you the amount of people that told me I wouldn't be able to do, oh, you're not going to be good enough. You're going up in Indiana. You're mm-hmm. not going to have the resources, this, that, the other. And I worked my butt off and that was my, my goal. But my dad taught me and so did my mom, but more of my dad was sport was to be goal oriented. And we would write out goals and we would look at them and we would have them in the mirror and we would talk about them. Mm-hmm. And we would also talk a lot about our mental mindset. And my dad would have me read books and I would read military books. And that's where the military kind of slowly integrated without us even knowing about it. And we would study and we'd watch Navy SEALs at the times the buds videos were released. And it's like that documentary and it was so exciting. And we would be like, okay, how is people's mental mindsets and how can I like grow me, grow myself mentally while growing myself physically while doing all this stuff academically, what are my goals and how is that going to be done? Now I won't say like, I know some people do this this day, like, oh, you know, if you get straight A's, you get a $20 bill. Well, Mm -hmm. no, it it became like, that's expected of you. Like you will do this you know? And so I saw that. And now over time, like in my adult life, I am all about writing things out. I am old school. I like Google calendar, Google online stuff, like stresses me out. Like I am like, I have to write it out. I have to cross it out. I got to see it. I got to physically write it, like mentally see that. Um, so I do have a prayer journal. So every, every month I actually do entries sometimes more than once a month, but at least once a month, I write things that I'm thankful for. I write prayer requests and I just like journal about things that are going on in my life, things I want to see, things I'm asking for. But then above all else, no, I constantly have goals, but I think the problem sometimes with people with goals is that if they, what happens if they don't achieve those goals? 
And for me, I think setting goals is like the most important thing because what the heck am I, what is my why? What am I waking up to? And what am I striving for? Why am I putting in all this hard work for what? And in the Marine Corps and in bobsled, in my work, we have standards. PFT, boom, here's what you got to hit. Bobsled, here's the numbers, boom, here's what you got to hit. You know, Mm -hmm. like things like that. So that's easy to set your goals around that. But I think people sometimes are so scared to set goals or what happens when they don't hit those goals that are they a failure? How do they start viewing themselves? And I just like want to like put this out there, like having goals and stuff are awesome, but based off of like our faith and you will get this just because you have something set, just because you work for everything does not mean that you deserve that. Right. Oof. That is a hard one. But, but Riley, what do you mean? Like I've, I've done everything right. I follow this program. I've done all this stuff. I deserve this. I should have this. And that is just not how life works. So while I think setting goals and stuff is like super important, I also want to reiterate something we talk about the Marine Corps all the time is adapt and overcome. You need to be adaptable and you have to be able to pivot and shift. And so you can have this goal, but you have to be flexible and like able to like have this agility to move when that doesn't happen or you get redirected. And I think the problem is sometimes is people have goals, they don't hit it. They feel less about themselves and they spiral and they stop setting things. They stop striving to do things. They're just comfortable with where they're at. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when people talk about their goals and especially the younger teenagers I see that I talk to in and out of our facilities is it's, it's all over the place. And there's so like, there's so much pressure, like your sister or brother played professional baseball or they were an athlete and they, you know, their younger siblings are feeling that pressure. And my message to them is just, you know, like set your own goals for you. It's, you know, you don't necessarily, that path is, it's not your path, you know, and just, and live each day based on set the goal, start small, set a goal for the day, you know, like, Hey, like I'm going to, if you're a runner, you know, maybe you're a sprinter, you're going to work on your, you know, your, your mile repeats, your 400 repeats, your hundred repeats, just because your brother was an Olympic sprinter doesn't mean you're going to be an Olympic sprinter, but you know, I didn't have that pressure, um, you know, with my siblings. So I think I was the only athlete in the family, (laughs) um, that really pursued it, but, uh, and, and wanted to run and things like that. So, you know, my messages would be to them as well as to just identify something, whatever goal that you do, write it down, journal and, and stay consistent with it because it's, you know, journaling is therapy, writing is therapy and it just provides clarity. Right. So probably a lot of the, a lot of the people today, um, you know, especially the younger teenagers struggle to identify ways to help them grow as a person and especially in social settings. So uh, how did you growing up deal with that, you know, that pressure, you know, you, you're not, um, I mean, you, you lead a lot of people right now, but you know, what would be your advice to, you know, like say my daughter and her friends listening to this, like, and that's, you know, all those struggles that they're dealing with in the social and the pressures in these social settings. Oh man, that is, um, that is a tough one because, you know, it'd be really easy for me to sit here because a lot of times I do, I don't ever feel a massive amount of pressure. I definitely felt it, but because I had so much going on and because I had sport, I had practice during the week and I had tournaments on Saturday and Sunday. So a lot of times my schedule was so specific that I was, didn't always have this like free time to do the social activities all the time. And when I did, it was a big deal that I was able to, um, 
I think I didn't feel it as much in college, but I definitely felt it in high school of, Hey, you know, who are the people I'm hanging out with? You know, am I with the right kinds of people? I don't want to miss out this like fear of missing out. And I think it's worse now than it was when I was growing up with like seeing social media and like you weren't invited or you're not somewhere and look how much fun it looks like these people are having, even though you're seeing like, like less than 1% of what actually happened that evening or something like that. Uh, I would say like my, my advice to anyone that's going through that is feeling a lot of social pressure and is trying to navigate that is it's okay to be different and it's okay to follow the things that ground and guide you. And what I mean by that is you get that tingly feeling when you're somewhere where you feel like you should not be, or you're with a group of people that you're like, I don't really wish that I was any of these people. And what I mean by that is I I was told once and I can't remember where I heard it or something, but it was saying like, think of the five people that you spend the most time with throughout your day. And would you trade places with each of those five people? And if your answer is no, or you don't admire those people, or you would, or you see attributes that you want in them, then you are negatively surrounding yourself with the wrong kinds of people. Now, sometimes we can't, get away from that. Maybe that's a work colleague. Maybe that's a business partner. Maybe, you know, oh gosh, I hope that's not like your child or something. But like, for example, (laughs) you know, if you're constantly actively surrounding yourself with somebody and you're like, I don't attain to be like them. I I don't, I'm not admiring their work ethic, their goals, their mindset, how they're driven. That person is then influencing you and how you change and, and work with your life. And so, I mean, I am not friends with, a lot of people that I used to be, um, because I just feel like my goals and, and what I was trying to do just like shifted and changed. And while that was hard, you know, I knew that if I'm surrounded by people that aren't motivated, that don't want to get up and work out, that don't want to push themselves to limits, that's going to have an effect on me, whether I think it or not. I'd rather be surrounded by strong Christian women who like our boss athletes that want to get better, that want to push the boundaries, that want to see what they can do. And that actually elevates and lifts me up. And so from a social setting, if you're not with people that are, that is making you better then you're with the wrong crowd. And that may not be the crowd that might not be what makes you look cool on social media, that kind of stuff. But you need to be able to say, Hey, who am I going to be? And what do I want? And are these people helping me get there? And if the answer is no, then you really need to have some self-reflection and saying, who are the people I surround myself with? And I will share this one was one piece with you in high school. And, you know, I could be so wrong, but my perspective, my perception was that I was like in that popular crowd. And I had a lot of, a lot of friends and beautiful women, like very attractive males, the, the athletes, the jocks, you name it. And we hung out and I saw how people kind of looked to me. Right. And, and they may have wanted to be me and all stuff, but I also remember that I didn't hang out with them all the time. I also hung out with my softball teammates and I also hung out with some of the fellowship of Christian athletes. And Oh, by the way, I was in AP classes because I skipped grades in math. So I also had friends in like the AP math classes that I would walk the hallways with. And sometimes I would get looks like, what are you, what are you doing talking to that person? Mm -hmm. And, and my biggest thing, and this, this draws on my faith is we are all children of God. And not one of us is more important than another one. I don't care if you're an Olympian. I don't care if you're president of the United States. I don't care if you're a homeless man. Every single one of us is equal in the eyes of the Lord. So do not for a second, let societal pressures that, oh, by the way, we make up, by the way, we make that up. No one puts that on us. In fact, how you treat people and who you are, 
I always want to be known as a person that I will talk to anybody. I will have a conversation and I will be kind to all those around me. I will love and support these people. And I'm not going to let this fake world that we create that I have to be friends with these people, or I have to go to, I have to go to prom with this person, or I have to be at this scene at this party to determine my worth. Mm -hmm. We're in control of that. And so again, I know I'm kind of like bouncing around a question. Like I, I feel that there's a tremendous amount of pressure on people of who they hang out with it in social scenes. But if I can give you anything, like, let me give you the boldness and the courage to like be who you are. And it's okay. If maybe that means that one Friday night you're by yourself at home alone because you're going to get up in the next morning and you're going to go on that five mile run at 7 a.m. You know, Mm -hmm. it's okay if you weren't invited to that party or that friend group um, Mm -hmm. to achieve something like you will find the right kinds of people that will uplift you and you'll be better off for it. And so if there's anybody, especially with my women, I know how hard it is out there and you're just struggling and working through that, like, please please reach out to me. I'm, I'm more than happy to share more personal experiences, how I got through things. And also sometimes how I failed, how I care too much about what other people saw of me. And I had to pay a negative price because of that. Right. It's, it's, I mean, it just listening to you. I mean, I see that like, you know, watching my daughter grow and I'll keep referring to her. Cause you know, like I'm hearing you talk and some of the things that you went through, I'm seeing that I'm seeing some of those things now with, you know, like from, man, I feel like it's starting younger, younger, but I was telling my wife that, you know, when you get to middle school, like that's when everything kind of starts to change. I feel like, and you see the friend, the friend groups developing and different groups forming attitudes, adjusting, and, and then they had high school and then you start hitting your, your athletes and your non-athletes. And is it okay to is it okay to talk to this person or hang out with this person? And I know, I mean, we, we tell our daughter every day and I told her this the other day, I'm super proud of her because she's friends with everybody. She does not care what anyone thinks. She just treats everybody equally. And, and it's, and it's so refreshing to, to see that because in my experience growing up, like if you were an athlete, you didn't talk to anyone else. Like you weren't, you didn't talk to anyone else. Or if you did, all the other athletes were making fun of you and then you were worried about that, you know? So, but I remember my, my dad and my coach, my track coach, Michael Manuel at the time saying, you know, like treat everybody how you would want to be treated because you never know when you're going to be in that situation and you wouldn't want to be treated that way. So, but just uh, hearing that it's just uh, what's, you know, it's, it's kind of chilling to the point where it's so it's so true. Your different groups that you come in contact with just, treat everybody equally and be nice because you never know how much that message or your just being around them makes them feel good and part of something when everyone else is trying to exclude them. So thanks for sharing that. I want to jump over to leadership and, you know, qualities and how to um, identify purpose and, and how does, how do you Riley, like, how do you define, like, what does leadership mean to you? And um, just a bunch of different parts to that would be kind of a loaded question, but what or who helped guide you um, to lead? I mean, you lead a group of how many Marines? So I'm directly in charge of six, but my whole squadron that I oversee for logistics is around 700. So logistics. So that, I mean, that's, I mean, that's just phenomenal. If someone is struggling on um, really, you know, they think, 
they want to lead or they're struggling with whether they are one or not. Because honestly, like what we tell our, what our kids and I tell everyone I speak to, especially our team and our staff is we're all leaders in our own Mm. uh, way. And doesn't matter what title you have, or if you don't have a title and how, you know, where you work, if you're a janitor or if you're an executive, like you're a leader. And that's how we were, how I was raised to give your best, whatever you're doing. And people are always watching you and you are a leader, no matter what your anyone says. So what does that mean to you? How would you define that and kind of guide somebody to help them figure that out? In the Marine Corps, especially being an officer, going through officer candidate school or the basic school, part of your grade is on leadership. And I, I think there's this formula that people haven't necessarily nailed down on how do you become an effective leader and what is a leader? And I think kind of what you're saying is everyone is a leader in some capacity. Now, how many people you're leading, how many people look to you like that is, that is a factor that varies and and changes. I would say the number one thing that I've learned about leadership is that not everyone is going to like you and it is not a popularity contest, but you should strive for people to respect you. And so I would say this to my softball teammates. I was just, I'm like, you don't have to like me right now, but you respect me. And you know, the decisions that I make are not right. the decisions for me, they're the decisions for the rated good. And I think a lot of a part of being a leader, and especially I see the Marine Corps, is this concept of selflessness, that it is not about you. It is about the people around you and that their well-being is more important than yours. And so what being a leader means is putting in the effort, putting in the time, training, educating yourself, learning, pushing boundaries so that you can be the best version of you for your men and women that surround you. So what does that mean? Well, people are like, well, I I always look up to leader because you're doing something different. Yeah. Start getting uncomfortable with the comfortable or start getting uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. And so as a leader, you know, I have to put myself out there and be like, you know what? I'm going to go do this. Who's doing it with me? But we don't want to do that, ma'am. Yeah. You think I want to do that? No, okay. but we're going to go do it and we're going to do it together because we need this. Here's the goal. Here's what's required of us. And here's how we're going to accomplish it. Or I remember being a leader met hard conversations with some of my friends in softball mm-hmm. and my teammates in bobsled. It's sitting the team down and be like, guys, we are not getting it done. And you may be my best friend and my roommate, but that's not freaking cool. What you just did. Check yourself. Right. right. And again, that does not mean that everyone likes me. It does not mean that I am this popular person and that, you know, I'm everyone's favorite cup of tea, but it means that people are like, you know what, her goals and her aspirations are aligned with what we want. And she will put us over herself in order to make us all succeed. And I think that is a, that is such a foundation of leadership, but also uh, one thing that people don't hit on is being a leader means uplifting and encouraging your people around you. Being a leader does not always mean the spotlight. Being the leader means a lot of times you're going to be the one that gets zero recognition for everything. But my goodness, how important is that as a leader to look at the people around you, to let them know, hey, you you made a big difference today. I recognize you. I value you. Guys, did you know what this person did? Being a leader is knowing your people. Are they married? Do they have family? When is their birthday? What motivates them? What drives them? What mm-hmm. Knowing that person so much that you take the time to actually get to know them. And I think of people, when anyone wants to say, you're like, I've seen leaders before, and I'm like, I would follow you into battle. 
-hmm. what are the characteristics what are the traits and and in a military aspect or in in a sport aspect it's like they have they are so put together it doesn't mean that they don't show emotion it doesn't mean that they're not excluded like they, that they don't fail but they have worked so hard to make themselves better so they could focus on the people around them they'll speak up when people won't like they said they'll be uncomfortable right. because they know something's wrong they won't go with the status quo and they'll push boundaries but they care and they value you and they see the people that they impact and so i know that's like kind of all over the place, but that's some of the stuff I've seen throughout being a leader. And let me just tell you, it's a constant evolving cycle. By no means you have it figured out. And as much as I think like your book and like talking all this stuff is such a great start. There is not one pattern. It's not X plus B will equal leadership. You know, I wish it was, but that is something that we have to determine what is our leadership style. Mm -hmm. Each person is different. Each person is leader. What makes sense for us? And how are we being selfless mm-hmm. and being the best version of ourselves so we can elevate those around us? Right. And if you if you generally are able to find that, I, I, I believe you'll be successful to an extent. Right. And and I think as leaders, I mean, leading is difficult, right? No matter where, <laughs> you know, where if you're leading in the military, you're leading a corporation, you're leading a team of fitness trainers or whatever the case, you have to make leadership as hard and you have to make tough decisions. But you also have to be vulnerable and leadership, leadership equals being vulnerable and caring, like you said. So and, and being willing to develop and consistently learn and get better. Leadership is difficult uh, and no matter what you do. So let's which kind of leads me to the next point of when you're leading, you have these struggles that you deal with in your drive, your personal struggles in your drive in life and in your career. So let's talk about how we deal identify with those and how with what you're doing now how does riley do that how i deal with my struggles they are there um i never want to look or act like i don't struggle and things aren't hard because they are um obviously that's not always a weakness that i want to expose to everyone and that's something that i try to work really hard for but i would say when i when I have a lot of fear and struggle, the first thing I have to do is, is talk to the Lord about them. And I have to write them out. I have to pray about them. Be like, Lord, do not give me a spirit of fear. Give me, give me that courageous hope. But hey, God, I'm I'm scared. I'm fearful right now. I'm struggling. Here's what's mm-hmm. going on. And I feel like what I've also realized is sometimes you have to be vulnerable and let other people in to let them know that you're struggling with certain things. And so I call it like my tribe. I have my tribe. I have a bunch of friends, a bunch of people that I just like love because I constantly want to have a massive sphere of influence. I want to love as many people as I can and be there. But I also have my core people that when stuff goes south quickly, these are my people that no matter what happens, that I can rely on that will work me, that will work through it with me, that will speak the truth into me, even if it's not what I want to hear. And finding those people and being honest and truthful. Hey guys, I'm going through a hard time. You know, here's why. Or guys, I I really messed up. Oh guys, I am, I am, I am scared right now. I need some help. I need some encouragement. And oh, by the way, what they offer and what they do for me, really, let's pray with you. Let me, let me get on board and let me, let me fight this with you and having people that are in your corner. So you're not fighting alone. No great war victory was won by one person. And it's just a matter of equipping yourselves with the right army to be able to tackle and conquer some of life's greatest battles with you. And mm-hmm. so 
they happen. I mean, I'm, I'm going through some right now. I just had, you know, a death of my death of my grandma. Um, I'm, I'm moving across country, you know, I'm getting a new job, you know, just all this like life stuff. And sometimes it can just feel overwhelming and and days are a struggle, you know? And I'm like, Hey guys, like, you know, I, I need some, I need some help today. Can you guys just help pray with me? Or can you just call me and let me cry with you? Or let me laugh with you? Or let me just explain to you what's going on. And having that support system means not fighting by yourself. And I think sometimes people who want to be leaders, who want to be strong, think that you can't rely on other people to help you. Right. And that you have to do it by yourself. And I think that is a recipe for disaster. And I agree. And especially, and that you've touched on it several times since we've started and it's just part of who you are and your faith i hear your faith and everything you're talking about from the start till this point your faith your faith is coming out on everything and how much you lean on that and i do as well and just the messages to everybody if you know you're struggling and no matter what it is is to rely on your faith rely on your friends your network your group and and not, not just not to be afraid of, of struggles because you're we all struggle and it's part of who we are as a as a human being and it's just how are you, how do you deal with it and faith is faith is a big part of that and for you is that I, that I like to hear is you're consistent with it it's that you there's no wavering from from what you talk about and was there a or is there a favorite verse or two that you always go back to when you're yeah. when you are when you are struggling and you need that lift and there is nobody you can you can't get a hold. Let's say you can't get a hold of anybody. You you're going to go back to your faith in that verse. What's that verse for you? Yeah, I have two, um, and I think because they they just have hit me and they just stuck with me forever. Um, they're very common, very well known. Joshua one nine talks about you know do not be fearful, do not be afraid. The Lord has given you a spirit, be bold and be courageous in all that you do. And I think that is constantly in me, be bold and be courageous. Do not be afraid for the Lord. Like the Lord is with me. He feels me. I I can, I can do things with him. And then the second one is Proverbs three, five to six, um, talks about, you know, for like, I know the plans I have for you. And like, when you submit to God, he will make straight your path. And what that means to submit to the Lord's plan. And that part of the verse is something that we don't always like. <laughs> That's something that, that I have to rely on and being like, okay, God, not my will, but yours. You, my paths will be straight. My, the road will be clear. The doors will be open and others will be closed around me when I feel like it's noise. If I submit to you and what you're trying to, and what you're trying to do. So the question is, okay, Riley, well, what does this word submit mean? Cause it's a scary word and it is. Mm-hmm. But it means, you know, I'm going to stop trying so hard to make things happen that just aren't happening. And I'm going to kind of allow and let and let things guide. And when people say, how did you get involved in bobsled? Like, did you do bobsled your whole life? I'm like, no, I was literally in my office in the Marine Corps filling an 03 captain's billet as a second lieutenant. And I and bobsled melted in my lap. And it became not easy, but things just happened and people supported me and financially I was able to do it. And my job supported me and I was able to push past fear. And the Lord was like, here, and I'm like, holy cow. Like, but I didn't, I wasn't like forcing it. And there are some things that I tried to force, mm-hmm. 
And I feel like God was like, stop it, stop it, stop. And it became so difficult. Um, and so part of that verse is, you know, lean not on your own understanding Love and it. always switch to the Lord. He will wait to, and so there's times when it's like, we don't understand the big picture or how many times now you and I are talking and we look at things in high school or childhood and we're like, oh, look what that taught me. Right. In the moment, I was not a good daughter all the time in high school and in middle school. And I, mom, dad, I'm so sorry. I love you so much, but I don't know that until later. And it's the same thing. There's stuff that we don't understand. There's this big picture that our plan has already been drawn out for us, but we can't see that. We can't grasp what that means. And I think if, you know, 10 years ago, I'm in high school and you're telling me, Riley, you're going to be in the, you're going to be United States Marine. I'd be like, yeah, right. You know, if you told me, Hey, actually you're going to be a bobsledder and you're going to compete for team USA across the world. I'd be like, why? Or, you know, like, why, why am I not playing softball? You right. know, like, but because at the time that was my life. Right. And so I think that there's so many times that the Bible, it's, it's living and it's active. You read it. And sometimes every time you read the same thing, it, it speaks different things to you mm-hmm. and it speaks different things to you. And just have that or just open it up. I'm telling you, just open it up and just read. There's certain Psalms, there's certain Proverbs, you know, there's, there's a couple places that you read it and you're like, is this for me? Like, God, did you just write this? And this is applicable. And I see this in a whole different light right now. Right. And, you know, there's times when I'll go back to Psalm 23 and I'll, and that's a very, very popular one. And I'll read it and I'll get something different from it every time, yeah. depending on stuff um, and life that's going on. But that word is for us. It is a gift. It yes. is, it is knowledge. And we need to sometimes have that boldness to be uncomfortable and pick it up and be like, okay. What, what, what am I, what do I need to know right now? Right. And I think just to kind of add to that would be if you're not familiar with like scripture or the Bible, you know, you're not a Christian and you happen to go to a service of, or denomination, anything, you kind of know when a verse speaks to you. I feel like, you know, like I know for me, when you're, you're sitting there in service and you hear your pastor, preacher, whatever's speaking and you feel like he's talking to you like there's he's just re- you know like if you if you have that feeling chances are that's your verse all right so like i feel like that's that's what happened to me as an 18 year old when i went to my uncle's church back and then like that I'm like is he talking to me is there anybody else around me because i feel like he's looking right at me and <laughs> talking to me so so i feel like that's how you know riley to run and wrap this up so i want to be respective to your time and are you ready for some kind of rapid fire if you will let's do it do it so question. So a quick one. So fun fact about Riley that uh, or two of that people may not know about you and some things that you like to do, hidden talents, um, juggling, something like that, that, you know, you want to share or maybe don't want to share that people may know or want to know about you. I studied Russian in college. So so I speak some Russian. Um, wow. That's always a fun fact. People are like, are you a Russian spy? I'm not, no. I'm not quite sure what you just said, but okay. <laughs> uh, it says, I speak a little Russian. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Fun fact. I obviously am an adrenaline junkie. I have gone skydiving. I do bobsled, but I also get so much adrenaline from competition and competing. So I was on a game show with my mom called Lingo this past year and we won. And that was probably the biggest adrenaline rush I've ever felt in my entire life. Um, So if you have Paramount Plus or something, you can stream it and watch it and watch me publicly cry on national television. It's quite entertaining. Jeez. Yeah. I feel like I have a lot of fun facts, but things are just like 
people would think they're fun, but I just, they're just like not even a big thing to me anymore. Um, one actual really fun thing that I'm doing through right now. So if you guys are listening, I am, I took a leap of faith and I decided to compete for Miss Health and Fitness. Um, the winner is going to be on the cover of a magazine and actually awarded a cash prize, which I will be using to help fund myself and other Team USA athletes. So if you are listening to this and you're still within the window, please vote for me. It's free. Um, that's just another fun thing that I'm trying to do and, and, and add to my belt. We will uh, we'll add that in our show notes so uh, so we can get plenty of voters and we'll put this on <laughs> Once we share this podcast and get you some uh, many votes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Riley, if somebody wants to follow you or contact you on social media, email, whatever you'd like to share, how can they do that? Yes. So I'm only on Instagram. So any of these fake accounts on Facebook or any of that kind of stuff, don't go with it. And I only have one Instagram account. So Riley.tjack. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. There's also a link to my email as well. So you can actually email me, DM me, reach out. I actually go through every single DM and every single email. Um, a lot of them I have to just delete because they're inappropriate or not cool, but I have talked to a lot of really awesome men and women, people aspiring to be in the military, people that have questions about sport, um, or just like anything like that. So please reach out to me. I actually do always respond at least within like 72 hours kind of depending on what's going on i feel like i've been blessed with a platform that all i want to do is inspire and reach people and i want to be accessible and i know how that felt when i would reach out to someone that i looked up to on social media and they took the time to even reply to me right like you feel like a million bucks and so i do a lot of times will share my cell phone number too with people um i've I've had calls with people and just want to help answer questions um guide people, be that, be that person for you, be a sounding board. I think the most important thing that I can reiterate that I've learned in life recently in this past season is it's to take the time to really invest in people and take the time to let people know that they're seen and they are valued and they are so important, especially in this world that's dealing with a lot of depression and anxiety and suicide so rampant and high that, you know, you may not always have to know somebody to be able to reach out or just have a conversation with. And, um, one thing that's on my mind that I heard uh, yesterday on the Christian um, radio channel was, you know, the world's full of good people and nice people. And if you haven't found them yet, then be one. And so, yeah, I just really loved that. I thought that was so, 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 so true. So allow me in. Um, I'm more than happy to talk to y'all and um, happy to be here for you guys. I appreciate that. And we'll put that in the show notes. So anyone who wants to contact Riley, uh, reach out. Um, she's genuine when she says that. She'll provide that a lift, especially if you need it. So Riley, if anyone does want to enlist as a Marine, where can they do so? <laughs> so there are two routes. There <laughs> yeah, there are two routes um, into going to record. And also this, I'm not being endorsed by the DOD. This is just me, me talking about my experience, what happened. There's enlisted, there's officer. Um, you can go from enlisted to officer as well. Um, enlisting is true what you think of out of high school normally when you're 18. There's a bunch of different recruiting stations in your area. So just search that. Um, if you want to go the officer route, you do have to complete college first. So that can look like a variety of different options. I, I had a very um, unnatural path of doing it while I was in college and while being an athlete. Um, but that is a whole different recruiting side. So that is officer recruiting offices. So you'd go with an OSO or different RS recruiting station. Um, both of them are in almost every single state in the massive big cities. And I'm more than happy to point you in the right direction. Um, I do not get 
anything from making you become a Marine. Um, and maybe Marine Corps is not the best option for you, but something I always told people is I never knew I wanted to be a Marine because I never saw a female Marine. And so mm-hmm. I just want to make that more visible. I want to make that more known that I am a very feminine, outgoing Christian woman that people may not think that fits this mold of this Marine. And I am a Marine and I embrace it and I love it. And I, I have nothing but positive things to say about it. Well, uh, thank you for sharing that. I want to give you a little, I want to give the U S Marines and you a little plug. So get you, get some more people. Um, Yeah. Well, and then one more, I'll give a couple, just a couple other plugs, just real fast as we're wrapping up. You know, I, I, I absolutely could not have done so much of the stuff without sponsors and people that have that have helped me out throughout the way through my journey that have been little blessings left and right so my main priority is to work with military veteran-owned companies so i just want to shout out um curves and combat boots there it's as a shirt it's their athletic gear they sponsor me as an athlete they're super awesome check them out um for supplements and everything jocko willink i use jocko fuel i have codes and stuff for him and then i work closely as well with go ruck and encouraging people in and out of the military to constantly get out and and do and be active. So those are just, and sorry, lastly, Bravo Sierra, who is huge. (laughs) They were on my helmet. Um, They are actually have some of the best like deodorant hygiene products, especially for military members when we go to the field. But like my dad loves them too, because he likes feeling a part of it. But anyways, (laughs) those are, those are four companies that have just helped me that I just have to give a plug, not because I'm supposed to, but because those are blessings, each and every single one that has believed in me that has supported me. And I'm so thankful for you guys. Appreciate you for sharing that. And we'll put that as well in the show notes. So if anyone's interested or if they have questions on that, they can reach out to you about that as well. And Riley, last but not least, you're on the Why Not Me podcast. And a lot of people struggle with that question, asking themselves that I come across daily and myself included, especially during COVID. It took me a time of refl- reflection and go back and, and to see really just more about almost a form of gratitude of what you're blessed with and how hard it took for yourself to get to where you are, but what is that, what is that, why not me? What does that mean to you? What does that phrase mean to you? You know, I've, I've heard it several different ways and I think it's such a foundation and I, I couldn't agree more with that question. I've also heard if not me, then who very, mm-hmm. very similar. That's Travis Manion. It's, it's up the same alley. And that is everything. That is that boldness. That is that step. That is that I'm dipping my toe in the water. That is that leap of faith that, you know what, if not me, then who, why can't this be me? If I don't do it, who else is going to do it? And so I think that question is something that we allow that we have to ask ourselves, but like, why not? Why? Cause I'm scared because I don't want to look silly because I don't have, people aren't going to support me. Stop making all those excuses. Take those excuses to the side and go all in. And I guarantee you, even if you don't hit that goal, even if that why not me doesn't actually become you, I can't wait to hear what you learn about yourself in that process. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell people all the time, my goal is to be the first female Marine in the Olympics in 2026. Because why not me? Why not? I'm a female Marine. I'm going to work my butt off. I've been set up for success. But just if I don't do that, if I don't achieve that goal, yeah, that might feel embarrassing. I spoke about it. I'm trying to put that out there to the world and share my goal. But even if I don't make that, look at what I'm learning about myself. Look at how I push myself and the amazing blessings that come along the way. Put yourself out there. Close mouths do not eat. Why not you? You know what that question pertains to. Put yourself out there. And if you need some freaking motivation along the way, you have me and David that are here to keep pushing that because it can be you. 
Well, uh, that's uh, a good way to wrap it up, Riley. <laughs> uh, way, to, way to send it home there. So I appreciate you uh, and your time and your message and your story. And I know that it inspired many, many people today who are going to hear this podcast and maybe get some more Marines out of it, like I said. So grow that military for you and that support system. But we'll be pulling for you for 2026. And uh, again, anybody listening to the podcast will put all Riley's contact points in the show notes. And uh, Riley, again, thank you so very much. I appreciate you and your time and best of luck with that 2026 goal and everything that you do. Thank you, David. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Wow, what a show today with Riley T. Jack of the U.S. Marines, First Lieutenant. She did a phenomenal job just giving her testimony, her story. And her message that hopefully, and I'm sure it's inspired many, uh, those who will listen to this podcast now and who will uh, in the future listen to it. Take note to how genuine and sincere and how deep in her faith she is and how it carries her in not only her career, but her life at such a young age. It's so impressive. Riley, thank you very much. We appreciate you sharing your story, your message, and hope and inspiration to those out there listening and serving as a role model for so many young females that are in any walk of life that are just looking to somebody to inspire them. So thank you. If you like the show, Please refer us to a friend. Give us a like, a share, and a follow, and a five-star rating. Until then, as always, when in doubt, ask yourself, why not me? Why not now? Have a great day.